Hey there, friends. Welcome back to our Start With Peace series, where we're talking about the main reasons why most Christians experience a lack of peace in their lives. This whole series is based on my newest devotional prayer journal, Everyday Prayers for Peace, which you can purchase now anywhere books are sold. Last week, we talked about how to stop stuffing a worldly definition of peace into a biblical one. And I just want to take a minute and highly recommend that if you have not listened to that already, go back and listen to it. Today's episode can stand alone, so you don't have to stop and go back and listen to it now. But learning what a true biblical definition of peace is, is kind of foundational to the whole series. So I want to ask you not to miss that one. Today, we're talking about problem number two, which I'm calling having an undisciplined mind. I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey. All are welcome here. Let's get started. I want to take a second and welcome my co-host for all this month, Stacey Thacker, back to the show. In case you're just tuning in for the first time, Stacey is a dear friend of mine. She has co-authored three books with me, which is just crazy, and is the mom of four girls. And Stacey, I've always thought that that makes us a very complimentary team, you with your girl pack and me with my boy crew. I think so. I think we, we, we come at this from a little bit of a different angle as we're, as we're ministering to and talking with moms, but I think it's one of my favorite things to do is to do ministry with you, Brooke. So thanks for inviting me into this space. I'm so excited about what we're going to be talking about today because I don't know about you, but this one hits very close to home. We're talking about how undisciplined we all are. Okay, I'm going to put my name right at the front of the pack on this one, specifically with our minds, where we allow our thoughts to take us. And I think we what we actually want to do is learn to do the opposite, which is the challenge. It's not just to not think bad thoughts, but it's to think the right thoughts, right? And so something that you call in this part of the book and in this episode, we're going to talk about the idea of a stayed mind. And so in your book, Everyday Prayers for Peace, but what I can just say about that is I love the way that rings, Everyday Prayers for Peace. It just sounds so soothing in the titling. <laughs> um, but we're going to be looking at a verse today, one of my favorites, Isaiah 26, 3, which says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Mm, that's a good one. That's one of my favorites. And when I think about this verse, the hymn that comes to mind, and this is probably my favorite hymn. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say it. I'm going to, every time I say that, then another one crops in, but this is good. It's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And the chorus is, I could sing it, but I won't. Um, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory 
in grace. Is this what you're talking about when you talk about having a stayed mind? Love it. It is. Yeah, it is exactly. And just so that you guys know, if there is a singer in the group, it is Stacy. And so I don't know, maybe one day I will ask her to sing because she actually is a worship leader and has a beautiful, gorgeous, God-given voice. So if you, anytime you want, I'm just opening the door. Just before we dive in, I'm just opening we'll the see. door. We'll if see. you want to sing, sing. So, but yes, maybe we'll, see exactly, what, we'll, yeah. we'll I'll pray about that. I'll pray okay. about that. <laughs> but that is, yes, exactly what I'm talking about. You know, I grew up in church and that was a song that uh, we sang so many times. I, I can't even begin to count how many times um, I had done that. And I think by the time the words, you know how you, the same thing for me is true about the Lord's Prayer. I grew up saying the Lord's Prayer. I've said it so many times, I can't even count how many times, but I didn't really pause to think about what it means, like what the words actually mean until just a few years ago when I did this kind of deep dive study into the Lord's Prayer. And so this hymn, and actually probably lots of hymns in my childhood, I knew the words by heart. God didn't really prove them in my life until much later. So my story is a little bit like Peter's in the 14th chapter of Matthew. We're going to look at verses 24 through 32 with this idea of having a stayed mind or a disciplined mind that you can use those words interchangeably. The disciples in this story were in one of their boats far from land at the time. And Jesus all of a sudden comes walking out to them on the churning, roiling waters of the Sea of Galilee. And I don't know why, but I've always found it a little comical that they um, they thought he was a ghost. And I guess it's, you know, if I saw a guy walking on water, maybe that's where my mind would go to uh, as well. But the first thing Jesus had to do was assure them that he was not a ghost, that he was real. And as soon as our impetuous Peter realizes that it is actually Jesus out there on the water, he says, I don't think this would have been where I went with that. Like, I don't know where I would have gone if, if, if I had seen, if I had been in that boat, but I don't know that I would have said, hey, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out on the water. Like, I just don't know that that would have been my gut reaction. But again, Peter is impetuous and that's what he did. And Jesus told him, hey, buddy, come on out of the boat. And so Peter did. He walked on the water and he started walking toward Jesus. But then something happened. If you've spent any time in church or any time in the word at all, you know what it is, because this is a very, very familiar passage to most of us. But what Peter did when he gets out on the water is he takes his eyes off the master. He starts to notice what's happening around him. Instead of looking right at Jesus, he takes his eyes off and he begins to sink. You know, I think about the first few steps that that Peter took on the water which were full of confidence. He was like, wow, look at this, this man that I've been following. He's amazing. I, he's on the water. I'm going out on the water. And then he starts to notice what's happening around him. And like me, chose to take his eyes off of Jesus, just probably when he needed him the most, and began to turn to the things of the world. And instantly he was afraid and lacking trust, and he lost his peace. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. 
Several years ago, my husband and I walked through a very painful set of circumstances. In fact, what we dealt with may just rank up there as one of the most painful things we've ever experienced to date. It deeply wounded us and caused us to question our callings, even who we were in Christ. Honestly, it caused us to question Christ himself. We often found ourselves mad at God for allowing it to happen in the first place. We felt rejected, disrespected, and very, very alone. Throughout the months that followed, we were confronted by this pain over and over, up and down, like waves of discouragement throughout the seasons. Sometimes things were fine, and then sometimes they weren't. When things were fine, I was filled with hope. I felt peaceful in my relationship with God and others, and I went about my days feeling fulfilled in my Christian walk. But when things were not fine, I was filled with fear. I felt frustrated in my relationship with God and others, and I went about my days wounded, wondering if I really had anything at all to offer the kingdom of God. It felt very much like being on a never-ending roller coaster of emotions, like having a Band-Aid ripped off just as the wounds started to heal, only to have to start the process all over again. John 14, 27 specifically and clearly tells us that the kind of peace Jesus left us is not the same kind the world seeks to give us. And yet, so very often, I act like it should be. I could dwell on the longing of my heart to have peace in all my relationships, every circumstance, and with each new day, but that only means I want to control what happens to me and that I don't trust the God of the universe to give me the challenges I need to make me more like him. The other option is to choose the gift of peace Jesus died to give me. If I choose to look at Jesus as my peace, then anywhere I look, I see peace. Anywhere I go, I see peace. And any decision I make, I have peace. Peace doesn't always come from what's happening in our lives, from our relationships, or even from making good decisions. We just are not promised that kind of peace but we are promised the peace Jesus gives. That kind of peace transcends any other and gives us the ability to release difficult relationships, circumstances, and even deep, deep wounds to the only one who can change them. I invite you to step off the roller coaster of your own life and choose instead to walk with the gift of peace Jesus died to give you himself. Grab your copy of Everyday Prayers for Peace at millionprayingmoms.com or anywhere books are sold. Mm. You know what? I am so grateful that the word is filled with people like you and me who got it right and got it wrong. Because I think for us, if we had seen Peter do this perfect, like if he had been like, oh, look at me, I can walk on water. Woo. You know, like we would have been like, oh, I could never do that. But there is something so human in the sinking that I identify with. Because here, what we're really talking about, Brooke, is that trust the trust. And I know that he he loved Jesus. And obviously he had an amount of trust because he was willing to step out of that boat. Hello, churning waters. But the key word here is trust. Talk to me about that and how that helps you apply trust and the idea of a disciplined mind. Yeah. When I'm talking about having an undisciplined mind, what I'm saying is that many of us, or, or really maybe most of us, and I, like you, would include myself in that, tend to take our eyes off of Jesus just when we need to focus in on Jesus the very most. So if you, listener, if you, sweet mama, are listening right now, 
and the world is out of control, your world feels out of control, or there's a storm raging all around you, or life feels like something of a roller coaster where it's up and down and up and down, and your emotions are all over the place, and you feel like you just want to get off the ride. We get that. Stacey and I both get that. When those storms are raging, though, we need to press in to the truths of God's word, the character of God, the promises of God that are all fulfilled in his son, Jesus. And quite literally, we lose our peace and start to sink in the stress and anxiety of of the challenging things that are happening in our lives because we take our eyes off of the master. I love that you bring that into the the storms of life. And it reminds me of an Elizabeth Elliot quote. It's actually one of my favorites. I'm going to try to get it right. Is She said that we're not adrift in chaos, that we're held in the everlasting arms. What I love about that quote, and as we're talking about this, as we're going to develop this idea a little further, is that it's so easy to get distracted by that chaos because it's right now. It's our right now world. And for Peter, it was a physical storm. For us, it could be circumstances. It could be sometimes, Brooke, it's the physical storm in in me, like within my own heart that's swirling. And so it's easy to be so distracted by that chaotic storm pressing in. But when I think about the everlasting father holding us, that's how I shift, as you were saying, that we have to press into the truth of who God is. We have to have some aspect of his character that we can zero in on, focus in on, that is going to really make the difference. And all of a sudden we have this almost like this um, hedge of protection around us, like that idea of him holding us, that truth and who he is. It's like his arms come around us and and brings us to a place of peace. It's it's It takes practice. And I think we have to have that ability to choose it. I mean, we talk about that a lot, but at the same time, initially there's like a almost like an exhale. I don't know if that's true for you. And I, I want to hear more about your journey and how you've worked through this, but that is something that is, held fast for me is if I can just stop focusing on the chaos around me or within me and let that everlasting truth of who God is wrap around me, it makes a difference in the moment. And then with each step that I take after that. Yeah. I mean, I think we shared this a little bit. um, I don't know if it was last week or the week before when I was talking to you about my story with anxiety with my son and what I was dealing with. I think I, I don't remember when I shared this. You'll have to go back and listen to the to the episodes to hear it. But I was talking about a time when I was at a, a football game recently and I didn't even have a kid playing. Like we were just there watching one of our kids' friends and I started to feel anxiety over something that was coming. Like I just, the this event that I knew was coming the following week started to pop into my head. I just started to think about it and it instantly I could feel my body you know, I could feel my body reacting to that in the form of anxiety. And right there on the bleachers, like I didn't do it out loud, but right there on the bleachers, I went through the process of just stop, you know, like choosing, like you said, just to stop and refocus. And there was an exhale as you begin to focus your mind on the goodness of God and what you know to be true of him. There is an exhale because you remember what he has done in the past and who he says he is, and that that stuff still applies right now in this moment. And in my own journey with peace, I have had to learn to trust that God is good no matter what is currently happening in my life. Is there have been a lot of times when there were bad things happening 
that made me think that God was bad or that God couldn't be trusted um, in my life. But so it's been a process of me learning that hard circumstances do not equate to a bad God. And I think that's where that's where the world goes so often, right? Why would a good God allow bad things to happen? But that's apples and oranges. It's not the same, you know, the, the, the way that the world plays out is not a reflection of God's goodness. And that truth mirrors Isaiah 26, 3, where we started perfectly. The reason that we can have perfect peace as we look at Jesus keeping our minds stayed on him is because we can see clearly how trustworthy he really is. Having a disciplined mind, a mind that is stayed on the Savior, simply means taking the control that God has given us, right? We know that we don't have control over everything, but there are certain things that God has given us control over. And one of those is the ability to control our thoughts and attention so that we're focused on the truth. Again, God's character, the way he cares about us, his forgiveness, his love and compassion and provision. I I could go on and on and on about the character of God and what he does instead of being focused on our circumstances. I heard a pastor one time, and I do not know his name. I would give him credit if I could, but he said, glance at your problems, gaze at Jesus. And I think that was such a beautiful representation of what we're trying to say here. We're not trying to tell you that you should ignore your problems. We're not trying to say that if you're in financial distress, that you shouldn't you know, do something about it. We're not trying to say that, that you should just be completely passive in respect toward your issues. We can acknowledge them. We can pray about them and we can even work toward fixing them when it's in our power to do so. But in the midst of those problems, we can also choose to discipline our minds to be stayed on Jesus, choosing to believe what God says over what we can see. So if our finances are in ruin, God can make a way. He has before. He can do it again. If our children have turned from the faith, God can make a way. He has before. He can do it again. And the same thing with other problems. If your marriage is struggling, if you have broken relationships, you fill in the blank with whatever you are dealing with right now that is causing you anxiety and stress. God specializes in taking whatever is broken and making it beautiful. And I'm not promising you that he's going to do it today, but I am promising you that your step, your choice to choose to focus your eyes on Jesus is part of the way that he will make broken things beautiful. You just have to choose it. Mm, That's so good. And one of the things I noticed with this verse as we're wrapping up today is that idea of perfect peace. The writer Isaiah wrote, it's actually shalom, shalom means and indicates a complete and wholeness. So it's not just the world's definition of peace. This is when, whenever the writer would want to emphasize something, like really emphasize that they would, they would repeat themselves. So he, in his, in essence is saying he will keep in peace, peace, or he will keep in shalom, shalom is what it would have been in the Hebrew. Those whose mind is just fastened and fixed, as you said, disciplined on him. And so just that, even just saying that peace, peace or shalom, shalom, it just, it, it settles differently. It's a totally different definition than what the world wants to give us when it says, let's, you know, peace on earth or peace, whatever, a a quiet we've talked about. It's not just quiet, but it's, it's a peaceful core to who he is that he brings into the situation. If you will fix your mind, fasten it, lock it there, it will truly make 
a difference in everything. That's good, Brooke. That's good. That's a good a good place to end on. Yeah, I think that's great. I love it because I'm thinking of other ones like verily, verily, I say mm-hmm, unto you. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. getting on my King James right now, but <laughs> sometimes you got to. <laughs> sometimes you got to go back to that. That's how I memorized a lot of scripture when I was a kid. But I do think when the scripture says, hey, notice this, then it's worth us pausing to notice it. Well, thank you so much, Brooke. And I want to let our our listeners know that today's show is based on the newest devotional prayer journal from Million Praying Moms. I'm going to say it again because it just sounds so good. Everyday Prayers for Peace. You can grab your copy now anywhere books are sold, and you can learn more about the show in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. You can connect with other praying women by following us on Instagram at Million Praying Moms or at the Million Praying Moms website where you'll find tools to guide you as a praying mom. And don't forget to download your free copy of my resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children. This quick read will have you praying God's Word for your family within the next couple of hours. Seriously, find all the links you need at millionprayingmoms.com. considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, Search and follow the Messenger Movement podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.